All right, Fighting Irish Faithful. Here we go. Let's do this. It's time. Woohoo! Game time. Ooh, hopefully I didn't just blow everyone out of their uh, their car speakers there with the excitement and the intensity that we're going to have tonight. Thank you, everyone, to the, and welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful show, Season 4, Episode 6. Uh, even though this is the beginning of Game 1, or we'll have Game 1 this Saturday. I am Joe at Faithful underscore Irish on the Twitter. Find the Fighting Irish Faithful show and all your podcast places. Well, we're not on the same YouTube channel. We're now powered and part of the Dos Leprechauns media universe. Uh, And if you are live on Twitter, we're saying that we're also live from Ireland. And that is because uh, Red Snapper, uh, well, he's still working. Neener, 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 because it's 4 o'clock still on the West Coast of the United States. But my co-host tonight is live from Ireland. That's right. We brought him back at Stevie D Irish on the Twitter. Welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, co-host for the week and much deserved. Close. Thanks very much. Yeah, I hope I can live up to Red Snapper's high standards by co-hosting, but thanks for having me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Red Snapper has high standards or, or your standards are really <laughs> low, but... <laughs> That's well, okay. we'll find out, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Well, if the show's popularity is really high, then, you know, the people have spoken, and maybe I need to talk to the doc about moving the show up earlier, right? Because, <laughs> well, yeah, people like, like this co-host... <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> he won't hear this until the... Bye-bye. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so if, if you don't know this gentleman, uh, we'll, we'll get into his, a little bit of his story later, but if you're really savvy with the podcast, I've actually done some show prep slash research listening to last year's shows yes that's what i do in my i uh my spare time you know whatever i have no life um of course because i have a toddler um and i'm married whatever (laughs) sorry honey no i mean seriously like like my my life is committed to to very specific things you know and this is this is one very very niche part of my my life um but i i recall listening to the North Carolina show, the post-game show from that episode, which, um, Stevie, I think that was the first time you jumped on live to one of our shows. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I remember from a, from a previous um, um, podcast that is, is how I first found out about you and, and this, that, and the other. And we don't have to get into that whole story about how we became friends on the, on the internet, but um but yeah, the uh, I, I we're gonna start with the Twitter shout out is to you, Stevie D Irish here because you know I mean it's what time is it over there in in Ireland? Uh, it's it's almost ten minutes past twelve midnight. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, right? Happy so, Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. So our listeners who are gonna be listening to this on their their commute to work, uh, you're gonna be like, hold my beer, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you don't have a big presentation or something like that at work. To uh, no, def- definitely not. That's no. good. No, I do. I so what's my excuse? But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. So um, before we get into anything else, just we'll get some of the uh, the formalities uh, addressed. Yes, we're on Dos Leprechauns. So hit us up on Facebook um, and uh, our YouTube channel, Dos Leprechauns. Um, but the podcast version is still on your iTunes and. Uh, Spotify and all those places uh, that you normally listen to us. 
Um, and we're going to go straight into the toast. The toast is to my spouse, my wife, the doc who is with child. Uh, cheers to her. And uh, just because cheers. she's been very supportive of this whole bit. And uh, Stevie D, I imagine your your home life is also supportive of you of this endeavor, or at least you going to the game this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I have my my mother is coming down to look after my seven year old. So it's all good. Wonderful. That's great. Yeah. So so just we'll we'll jump real quick into this here, uh, co-host, just so people have a little bit more of background. What what's kind of your Notre Dame story? I mean, uh, like high level, and maybe we can kind of steer people back to the North Carolina show a little bit if they want the real full story. But give us the high level version of of how someone from Ireland became not only a fan of this podcast but a Notre Dame football fan. Uh, yeah, I suppose the, the the quick version is um, there's a friend of mine, um, Donal, he's actually on Twitter as well, at Quan H. And he went to the game, uh, I think it was 96, when um, Navy again played Notre Dame in um, in Dublin. He knew nothing about Notre Dame football. A friend of his was going up because it was American football. Uh, so he went along, he really enjoyed it, and he kind of did a bit of research into Notre Dame and found the movie Rudy. So then he gave it to me. Uh, to watch it, and then he gave me a delayed by a couple of years the the USC Bush push game. Oh my gosh! How and, is that uh, your so that first my, game you ever that saw? Was, that was my first game, yeah, <laughs> that I ever saw, yeah. So, and even though it was like delayed by a year, a season or two, I can't really remember now exactly, to be honest. But uh, oh my god, I was devastated at the end with how they lost. So, um, ever since then, yeah, I, I, I became addicted to it, watching it every year. I went over in 2009 to a game I believe you were at against uh, when they were playing UConn. Yep, I, and, I, I was uh, a student that year, yep. Yeah, so that was pretty depressing. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... Um, so so the UConn game, game was your last game that you ever saw uh, Notre Dame live in person? No, I saw the 2012 Dublin game. <gasps> oh. so I was there for that as well. So hopefully with any bit of luck, we'll have another undefeated season. Oh, my God. Starting gosh. in Dublin against Navy. Uh, and, and, and I've purposely I've uh, I'll, I'll, you know, you know, spill the beans here. I, we purposely have done a deep dive into that game, you know. Doot, 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 doot. that's that's the the <laughs> stat piece for this week because we haven't played any games what sort of stats are we going to talk about with navy we'll do a we have a stat piece about the notre dame navy 2012 game but yeah if our season 2023 was this 11 years since that game so it's been 11 years since you've seen a live game uh uh, yes 11 years yeah <laughs> can i do math yeah, yeah. yeah. i know i was thinking there yeah <laughs> well and i i usually rely on a spreadsheet but I, but i have an internet up right now so i can uh, reference yeah. things but no the <laughs> uh okay so it's been a little while for you uh since you've seen a notre dame game live and your excuse is yeah. probably better than most but uh yeah. the fact that you're a fan of notre dame football living in ireland i think makes it a little extra special Okay. Yeah. Does I mean there is a a reasonably good um, NFL following in Ireland. Um, college football, not so much. I think you the real deep deep diving uh, football fan would have an interest in college football, but I'd say the Notre Dame following wouldn't be would be in in the hundreds, if at most probably. 
I could be wrong. It could in be all of the that, in but... all of the Republic of Ireland, or that's just yeah. County Cork we're talking about. I would say in all of the the, the Republic of Ireland, I would say. I mean, I, I know of about seven or eight personally over Twitter, like from from um, Ireland that I've that I've met and spoken to about Notre Dame, and I'm sure there's more that I haven't, but I can't imagine it's it's very high numbers anyway. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. you're you're clearly going to the game. Um, did you yes. did you have to put a second mortgage on your home to to get tickets <laughs> and and because you wanted to be right next to Marcus Freeman and Audric Estime to to yell at them hashtag RTDB um, <laughs> or you know maybe I should like overnight express mail some some Fighting Irish faithful gear that you can like hand out to people you know, I don't know yeah yeah that would be a good idea <laughs> we gotta yeah. grow the show somehow our marketing uh, clearly is lacking. <laughs> Uh, not at all. I have, um, yeah. So I have, uh, I've fairly standard tickets. I think they cost me. Uh, was it ninety euros each? Ninety euros. Yep. That sounds about you know, better than what I would have paid here in the states. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So was, I, um, I I think out of shits and giggles, I think one or two nights ago, I was. I was sitting here and I was doing some show prep. It was two nights ago because that's when I did my big stat piece, and I was, I was like, you know, out of curiosity, if I just had if money wasn't an issue what's the most expensive ticket i could get it was like like two thousand u.s dollars i don't know what that is in euro but i was just like oh my gosh like and these were like 40 yard line you know five rows up from the front you know what i'm saying like notre dame sideline um so but yeah there is some serious serious money um you know, I was contacted by multiple people like, hey, do you want tickets? And these are like travel agent people and former players. And, you know, we won't have to go into all that. But uh, I was just like, oh. like, I, like, look, unless someone else is paying the bill, there's no like, let me put it this way. I was a huge pro- proponent of Notre Dame versus BYU in Vegas last year. And I didn't go to that. You know, it's yeah. like going over to, to Ireland. That's a huge, huge investment, um, you know. I mean, at least I have my passport updated, so hooray. But I like but seriously, like legit expense for, for people in the United States who are going. Um, it's really great that you, um, a resident, you know, a citizen of Ireland is going over there. Um now, but here's the thing. You you don't live in Dublin. You're on you're in County Cork or Cork? Yeah, yeah, down, right down in West Cork off the West coast. Cork, okay. So are you near the coast or yeah, yeah. If it was daylight now, I can look out my window and see the ocean. Like, it's, what? It's lovely. To, yeah, there's a lighthouse and all here. Can so you please take pictures and make me jealous on Twitter? Sure. Like, uh, please do. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell my wife and be like, we should visit my friend in Ireland. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Okay. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> you have a, you have a verbal agreement. Verbal. Uh, perfect. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so wait. So are you are you gonna um. Are you driving up in the morning? Or are you gonna you gonna do some sightseeing, or just you know you have friends or people that you know in Dublin, yeah. and you're gonna what, what's like you don't have to get into all the details, but you know I'm I'm living vicariously through you, and I, I think a lot of our <laughs> fan base is as well um, to have kind of your perspective. Yeah. So, um, well, it, like Dublin, unfortunately, is a ridiculously expensive um, city. It's probably one of the mm. most expensive cities to in the world for just eating and going for a few drinks or or, or even even accommodation it's it's like super expensive um we're going up on myself and my friend donald who i was talking who introduced me to notre dame originally we're going up um on friday morning 
So we're staying in um, we're staying in a hotel up there, and we're going to try and go to as much kind of I don't know, pep rallies or um, just kind of game related events as as we can. Yep. And um, that's kind of our plan, really, is just to kind of soak up the atmosphere, um, and you know, just kind of play it by ear, see what happens when we get up there. Oh, that's awesome. We know yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. But, uh, you know, some, some, yeah. like I, I lived in, in the United Kingdom for, for six months and, and some of the times like we would just like, we'd make a plan be like, okay, we're, we'll do some sightseeing at this city or this town, you know, in Wales or Scotland or England or whatever. And a lot of it was about, you know, we, we want to go there to soak in the history and the environment. But when we got there, we didn't have very specific plans. We kind of like let let the city speak to us, if that makes sense. And and a lot of the times that's how we found like some of the like these little gems or you just talk to a, to a local person who knows and you say, hey, where's a good place for X, Y and Z? And and they'd be like, oh, you got to go you know, over here or whatever. And and for us, that was always having that freedom. I mean, Grant, we didn't have children yet, but like having that freedom to to be able to explore and wander and be flexible was was really great and um that's kind of cool that that you're going with a friend uh, someone you know someone who's a Notre Dame fan and and basically is kind of responsible for you getting into this state now now your yeah. friend Donald here he's not a he's not a co-host on the Fighting Irish Faithful show so you know <laughs> but you know maybe it's one of those things where like like the the learner has has exceeded the master right i don't know yeah, I'm, I'm not sure yeah he, he he would he would listen to um from what i can tell when we talk he would listen to a lot more um podcasts and things than i would about notre dame he would he'd send me a lot of information you know about recruits and things like that as well whereas i tend to stay away from the recruiting because I find that, um, you know, you hear about a player coming and you get excited and then they flip late on and it's just uh, gets annoying. So it's like watching the Bush push game right over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I prefer to wait and when the player is actually on, on, on site, on campus, you know, in, in his gear, then I'm happy enough at that. I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm 100% with you there. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. We, you know, recruiting is important. We got to have... You know, course, ideally, you know, hey, we talk about stats of champions on this podcast. Um, you know, top five recruiting class should be is on average what national champions over the last ten years have done. So we we should be excited. We should pay attention to it. But you're yeah. you're a hundred percent correct when you say, you know, they could flip or this that and the other. There's so many variables that go into recruiting beyond just Notre Dame and being awesome. Yeah. And you know, we're playing in Ireland. You know, like. Georgia and Alabama aren't playing in Ireland, and do you think they ever would? Hmm. I'll just leave it out there. I I honestly don't know yeah. the answer to that. So yeah, so uh, you know, you got, I mean, like last season we had Northwestern and Nebraska. That was yes. a pretty cool game. Well, I think what did yeah. I, I I was I was just poking around and I saw something like like Florida State's playing someone next year. That's right. Yeah, I can't remember offhand who they're playing, but yeah, they're coming over next year. So. Yeah, so I mean, for the people who don't, I mean, I mean, Florida State and Notre Dame have a little bit of a rival, as you know. But yeah, the um, so so we won't give them too much credit on this show. But no. but it is cool that college football is kind of like where the NFL is kind of like stuck to uh, you know, the United Kingdom or you know, London, whatnot, and then 
I yeah. think they play a game in Germany, maybe. I don't know. That's right. I think they did. They did yeah, like year, like yeah. college football has really not gone that route. You know, we've we've stayed clearly in the United States, um, and then we there's this game in Ireland. So I don't know if it's. Yeah. I, I don't know what the. I don't know why. Yeah, and you know, I don't mean anything. You know, with this, but it's like like. Like how was how was Ireland picked as a college football location? Is that a Notre Dame thing? Uh, I really don't know. Um, that Notre Dame yeah. has kind of been this connection to to the wider world. So, well, hey Stevie, we've yeah. got we've got someone on here, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Dom Richard. Uh, I don't Dom at Dom Richard eighty eight on the Twitter. We've invited him to speak if if he wants to jump on and uh, chat with us and give his excitement over the game. Uh, if he's able to, if not, that's cool. And he's just listening because it's, you know, he's probably putting children to bed or whatnot. But uh, at Dom Richard, if you wish to join us, by all means, an invitation has been sent. Jump on and speak. So, well, Stevie, uh, we've talked about your experience and in going into this game and uh, how you're, you know, just kind of you, you get to finally see your Fighting Irish play in person, which is great, and it's 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 a home game for you. Um, we yeah. got like a three four hour drive, whatever you got. Um, yeah, about four, three and a half to four. Yeah. You know, funny story. I I I put in. I was talking to my brother at Red Snapper ninety ninety eight on Twitter, and I was like, Hey, I wonder what's closer, Stevie D's Irish, his drive from where he lives, roughly. To, to Aviva Stadium or my drive from my house up to Notre Dame Stadium. And I and I think I think yours is farther. Um once you told me that you live closer to the coast. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah you definitely win. But uh so so <laughs> hooray. <laughs> I prefer to be doing your drive to be honest. Oh yeah. Is it is it really rough or just uh no, just I mean to, to to get to drive to Notre Dame South Bend, you know it's um, ah I see. Well, you know, you, you're you're there's Bend. about three hours in between where it, there's a lot of corn and soybean fields. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing too exciting. Though. No, I mean it's Central Indiana, you know. I mean it, it is what it is, and and I'm I'm a little I'm a little used to the drive just because when I was a grad student at Notre Dame. The doc, she was a grad student at Indiana University, and so we were oh, actually okay. four hours separated, you know, by car, and so, um, so we would make one of us would make the trip probably once a month ish, um, and so like we'd see each other roughly every two weeks if that makes sense, um, and then we yeah. got engaged, we got engaged and married, and the whole beat, be so is no big deal, but um, there was a couple years where it was very formative, and it's just like, hey, yeah, we know we did the long distance thing, and it was all good, and. Uh, we're better for it. So, but what's funny is you, we do the drive now, and and like the highway is better. There's some bypasses and and all these other things. So, um, it, we think back to what it used to be, and it's like, man, that we, we were committed. Now it's like, oh, this is no problem with the drive. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that. let's let's get into more of this football game here. We don't want to just have uh, have too much into the uh, the, the higher details. Uh, we got Dom Richard listening on, um, and if anyone else wants to join us after we've been talking for about 20 minutes, no big deal. Um, all right, so the big deal here with Navy, obviously, Kenya Matalolo was let go after number of, number of years with the Naval Academy, um, and so now we have a new coach, Brian Newberry, 
who was the defensive coordinator of Navy ever since 2019, who has taken over as the uh, head coach of the midshipmen, the middies. Uh, Stevie, what what do you think? Uh, I mean, what can Notre Dame do to prepare for this game? Or like, like is is the whole world upside down with Navy, or um, are things not as far apart as we think they could be? Uh, it, it, it's hard to to call, isn't it? When you know a new coach coming in, I don't really know a whole lot about him. What his what his history is? Um, I don't think they'll they'll venture too far away from what they've been doing the last. 10 years with coach Ken and, 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 and a lot more beyond that. Um, they have a very good running back, like in, um, is it Valide or, or something? I can't think of his mm-hmm. exact name. Yep. Um, uh, Valide or something like that. Um, he, he looks very good. I think, you know, I think they'll depend on him a lot. Um, He'll probably be a Navy seal for all we know. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, yeah I don't, so, I, don't um, I actually don't know how that works, but anyway, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll depend an awful lot on the run. Whether they'll do triple option or not, I'm hard to. It's 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 impossible to know. I'd be a lot more comfortable. I think if um if they were going in with Coach Ken again rather than than someone new. But you would hope that Notre Dame should have more than enough to give them a a comfortable enough beating. No, I, I I'm with you 100. percent I mean the. Those are kind of my similar feelings where we've we've kind of been rocked to sleep with like, you know, you could put in a VHS tape from 1996 of Notre Dame versus Navy, and that's your game film to prepare yeah. for, for Kenya Matalolo and, and what you're going to get, at least from the offensive standpoint. Um, but so so at least, and, and I didn't go too far down the rabbit hole here, but um, yeah, Brian Newberry has been the DC. He was announced uh, the head coach fairly... Uh, quickly i would say after coach ken was let go and coach ken was there for 15 years Three years bro. man you know long time and and personally i thought kind of the way it happened was a little rough and, and we've talked about that in uh previous shows but yeah. um you know like like you know a lot of a lot of things change a lot of a lot of and, and it's it should be no surprise that that navy wants to change as well you know and 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 i went back and did some research on Okay, like, was the firing of Coach Ken justified? And I didn't look so much at the trends of um, Navy, per se. It's not like, like, let me put it this way. If Navy had had a really tough schedule and they had played some really, really good teams, you know, some some top 25 teams ranked in Sagarin and their strength of schedule was really hard, this, that, and the other. Navy's had a strength of schedule of 63, which is about middle of the road. And they went like four and eight last year. Okay, it was yeah. not good. And the only team that they played that finished in the top twenty-five of Sagarin was Notre Dame. And now some credit to Navy, they only lost by three points to Notre Dame, right? Um yeah. but you know, they, they didn't end well and they were kind of on the decline and they lost both to Air Force and 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 the Army at West Point. So the um you know when you lose to the other two academies that that kind of you know jumps off the page you know i guess if you're the whoever runs a naval academy right but the um yeah but no i mean they they finished sagarin ranked 74th you know and um you know it, it just it just wasn't the best for for poor navy so i 
when I looked more at the data and and they didn't play really anyone good. You know, the only good team, quote unquote, they played was Notre Dame and they lost. And they yeah. still finished with a four and eight record. So like I, I wasn't so much I wasn't like saying like yes, fire coach Ken, because that's never gonna be my opinion, because I love the man. Yeah, same here. But but at the I same time I'm like, well, I also like you've been there so long, like you're getting stale. Do we need to modernize the program a little bit? I don't know. But yeah, but I mean there time when I would have I would have I would have happily taken Coach Ken at Notre Dame, even at one stage when Brian Kelly was at his lowest with us. But um oh. Yeah, I think they were, I think they were right to change it. I think it had probably gotten a bit stale. You know, you never want to see a coach get fired, like, you know, especially when he's in charge of of an academy like Navy with the history yep. and everything. But uh, they were probably they were probably justified to, to, to make a change there, I think. No, I, I agree 100%. And, and it was funny, as you mentioned, that the Brian Kelly thing, you know, when we were going through the 2016, 2017, um, you know, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth, um, yeah. when I did an analysis understanding, okay, who could Notre Dame potentially replace uh, Brian Kelly with, and we won't spend too much time on this, but what it was is your overall win record and ranking in Sagarin versus your talent that you have available to you okay so who is the coach that is doing the most with the least and the number one coach on that list grant this is really old this is like 2017 2018 you know time frame data but it still is in the spreadsheet for this exact reason coach ken was number one on the list by far number two is actually brian harson at boise state Okay, yeah, I liked him too, actually. He was really good. Now, unfortunately, both of them don't coach at their respective programs anymore. But, you know, no. it is what it is. So. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've got Adam Dowling here who's listening. Nope, false. There he goes. Bye, Adam Dowling. He was listening. <laughs> we were going to bring Adam on, but uh, he'll probably jump on later. You know, he he's a, he's a pretty savvy guy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so Navy uh, will... Here's the thing, Stevie. Do you think you're going to see triple option from Navy? Uh, I don't think exclusively. I think they will do some triple option, but I think they're going to mix it up big time. And I think they, I don't know a whole lot about Navy really, bar what they've been doing the last fifteen plus years. But um, I think that I think they'll mix it up a lot more, particularly because it's the first game. They'll have had time to to prepare different things and see how it goes, and it. It's 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 an easy shot for them. They're not expected to to do a whole lot against us. They, you know, Notre Dame would be probably. I would imagine they're probably twenty point favorites. Are they? I wouldn't be too sure on the. You know, that's a good question. I I actually did not look at what the uh, what the spread is on this game, and and part of that I think is 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 twofold. Number one, just a lack of preparation, but b. Um, I made a decision last year to not really look at any of the preseason polls for the yeah. first three games. So once we're a quarter of the way in the season and, you know, some of the some some of the the imposters have been uh, ruled out and some of the uh, wow, look at that team. You know, those guys yeah. have have been able to uh, jump into the picture. Um, that's when I started paying attention to that kind of thing. Now it's the first game of the season, right? You know, we have to, we have to start somewhere to compare Notre Dame to another team. So 
okay, fine, you know, that's, but I pull up Sagarin only because I like Sagarin and because it's yeah. math based, right? Yeah. Now, what I will say, what's interesting is how, though Navy um, has a new coach and they have a new OC and stuff, there are, there are a couple of things, two things that jumped off the page here that are still common and similar. Number one, their head coach, right? Um, he was their DC. Okay, uh, Brian okay. Newberry has been their DC and has been at Navy since 2019. So if you were a player at Navy, um, you know, uh, excuse me, a cadet, right, recommended by your senator, or congressman, or however that works, right, um, you're used to seeing this guy at practice. Okay, number one, especially if on the defensive side. Number two, you're though your offensive coordinator is new, which we'll come back to, your quarter the the current quarterback coach. Ivan Jasper. Do you know who he used to be? He was the former offensive coordinator. And he is now still, quote unquote, the quarterback's coach. So Ivan Jasper has remained on staff, which I thought was very, very interesting reading that today, that he was not let go. Now, I don't know if that's an interim thing or a permanent thing, but when I saw that, and, and and don't get me wrong, like Ivan Jasper had been the quarterback coach at uh, Navy, you know, even when Ken Yamatololo was there. But simultaneously, you know, he was responsible for Keenan Reynolds and some of these other, you know, very well-known, good, very good Notre Dame, uh, excuse me, Navy, quarter, Navy quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. so, so when I saw that, I was like, okay, now... Is Navy really going to deviate from the script of triple option? And part of me thinks not necessarily because they're still very undersized compared to pretty much everyone they play other than maybe Army and Air Force. That's that's a good point, actually. Yeah. So I'm not. That's true. I'm not so sure about that. But what is interesting is their new OC. Grant Chestnut, he was hired in and he was the uh, former offensive coordinator at Kennesaw State. Now, yes, that's in a uh, an FCF school, um, but their their style is a spread option. So the only thing that I think that could result in is Navy will be passing the ball just a little bit more than what they used to. Yeah, I think they definitely will try that a bit more. Yeah. Well, I see Mr. Dom Richard here uh, eager to jump on. He's muted. Dominic, if you wish to jump on, hit the pink button and join us. Join in the conversation of Notre Dame versus Navy and speak to our co-host live from Ireland. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, Dom. Hey, um... I just uh, wanted to jump on real quick and just uh, say I'm super pumped for the first game of the year. It's always uh, seems like it's kind of a mystery going in on how we're going to come out and play first game and if there was some too much hype or not enough hype or um, just uh, excited to see see him out on the field and playing. Yeah, that that's kind of my my vibe as well, Dominic. the The fact that you've got more. Um, I, I mean, like, did, let me ask this question, Dominic. Did the season come up on you really quick? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know if that's just a product of getting a little bit older and having kids or <laughs> if it's... Um, uh, that's August just, when we're playing I football. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I think I think that the Notre Dame Navy game is actually the first college football game. Period. Um, I did this quick research this morning, and I think our game's at two thirty Eastern time in the U.S., and then the next one after that is some FCF school or who knows who at three thirty. Nice. Yeah, I have a I have a wedding to go to on Saturday, so hopefully I'll get to see most of the game. And um, I won't be too nervous walking away from the TV in a close one. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have it well <laughs> under control by then. Oh, my goodness. So, wait, you are going to a wedding. Who the hell lots, schedules yeah, a wedding? Person. Hey, I don't know. I'm not going to say that I did it once, but. Uh, wait, you did that? Yep. Yeah. Yep, I did do it. I had my wedding on uh, <laughs> during a Notre Dame game. What? My dad was my dad was very disappointed in me. <laughs> no. I like your dad even more kidding. than I already had before. I'm gonna rass you every single time. This everyone, this is Dom Richard who schedules his own wedding during Notre Dame game. What game was that? Out of curiosity, if I may ask. Um. Oh, you know, you know. I'm Come on. To Okay, well, when when was your wedding? Come on. I think it was a USC game. Wait, let me. What? Oh. No, I almost spit out my whiskey. What? <laughs> you heard me. What year? What year? Uh, twenty nineteen. What the hell? Would have been... Yep. Oh my Would have been October eleventh. So I guess we could look it up if we really wanted to know. But uh, no, we know. Oh At least God. you say that, you know on your you can say on your wedding day we beat USC so that's always a, a nice thing to say. Look at Stevie D Irish bringing bringing the positive here. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, Dominic, don't worry, we won't rass you too much, and uh, that that also shows your your commitment to uh, to the misses there and and uh, to your children there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. What's uh, what's your thought, Dominic, about this uh, this game? Uh, or uh, you just want to scream, you know, go Irish, and you know, away we go. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the defense. Um, I know that Sam Hartman's getting quite a bit of hype, but I think he's going to be he, he's got a, enough experience under his belt that I think he's just going to be a good player, and I'm not super worried about him, to be honest. That, um, isn't that a great feeling to have? We're not worried about the yeah. Notre Dame quarterback. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually my first time ever watching uh, Notre Dame where you're, you're, I don't have real worries about the quarterback <laughs> as long as I'm watching him. Like, you know, you can never, like Jimmy Clausen was brilliant, but... Uh, I'm a big fan of his, like you are. But oh um, uh, after him, there was you were never there saying like we have an absolute elite quarterback. No, that's the thing. I, yeah, like this is this is a this is a blue chip quarterback, right? Jimmy Clausen arguably was the last one. You know, there were other guys that showed sparks. Anyone from Wimbush to Kaiser to even even Ian Book. Um, yeah, you know, like hell, even. Um, 
Dane Chris. Dane Chris was a highly rated recruit coming in. You know, uh, Gunnar Keel. You know, these are like yeah. four or five star quarterbacks. You know, really, really high, highly rated coming out of high school. And I mean, Dane Chris. Let's not talk about him. You know, so let's change the subject real quick. Uh, Dominic <laughs> Richard. The um, uh, do you have a score prediction for us? Oh, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, I don't know. I, no, I'm not going to predict. Probably low scoring, knowing Navy, but, you know. All right. So maybe Notre Dame still has a little rust. Or... Yeah, maybe. I, I'm curious to see how on page these uh, young receivers are with uh, Hartman. and um, I'm sure Hartman's going to be able to get him the ball, but. See if uh, the route running's good and they're at the right place at the right time. It, it's my host, my hope that what we saw in the spring game with Sam Hartman being able to command the offense, lead his receivers, and put the ball exactly where it's supposed to, that um, through summer workouts, fall camp, and even you know practice wherever the hell they practice in Ireland. Um, that they that he is able to be a leader on the field with his arm and um you know give out touchdowns just as much as he's able to give out beats headphones okay and that's not a slight against him anyone who saw that on social media you know that was that was a thing he did which is cool you know i wouldn't say no um but at the same time um i think i think this is a guy who we talked about this two shows ago about transcendent quarterback play and how that can be essential, transformative to your football program, gain momentum not only for this season but future seasons. But this guy has the ability to, I think, take us there, and I'm really pumped. Whether whether he's able to do it right off the bat in Ireland, we'll find out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. One can hope. Yeah. Once the offensive line is the, is able to pr- protect him enough and give him enough time, I think he'll be amazing. That's the only slight concern I have there is just whether they can actually, you know, they should be able to manage Navy, obviously. They should be able to give him the time, but the line against the bigger teams, will they have enough, I wonder? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, Dominic, well, uh, I feel like you're backing up into a uh, tree or something there, so we'll let you head out. Thank you for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. All right, thank you, Dom Richard. Go Irish, beat Navy. All right. And let's see here. Adam Dowling, are you with us? Hello, how are you guys? Hey, we're finally getting you on the show because we're not podcasting at 11 p.m., right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had some early mornings and obviously it's, uh, yeah, it gets a little late sometimes. (laughs) I I understand. Yeah, that's, uh, we're trying to, trying to, to weigh out the, uh, find a balance here with a a toddler in the house, a pregnant wife and, uh, someone who's got to go into the office on Wednesday in addition to keeping the show live, active, and exciting. But uh, we got our special co-host, uh, Stevie D. Irish from the Republic of Ireland. So we can officially say that we are live from Ireland tonight. Oh, great. I wish we were all there. I kind of wish I would have went now. We decided not to go, but it's uh, now we're like kind of kind of mad at ourselves for not going. 
Uh, that's okay. I mean, you you made us jealous by going to Turks and Caicos, calling in from your hotel room balcony for the what was it? The pre BYU game show, and then you were in Vegas for the BYU game. So you know that's okay. You know, <laughs> if you, yeah, went, to, you, win that if you went to Ireland too, then we'd be like, we need to really rethink our <laughs> life. <laughs> oh man. No, no, no. We actually didn't go. We actually didn't go because we're going to go back to Turks and Caicos uh, um, the week of the Louisville game. So okay. it's going to be a, a, road, okay. a road game we picked. Um, normally, we pick a bye week to go, but she talked me into going on a road, you know, when it's a road game. Okay. Well, and then, like, like you guys have similar birthdays. It's your anniversary or something like that, right? Yeah, 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 it's our anniversary. So we we are the people that got married during the season too. What the so, hell? And the is only that reason, what this show should be called? Only reason, only reason I did that though is because I didn't want to be sweating my you know what off during the wedding. But we got married on get married the in the Bible, church. So. It's or, it's air conditioned. There's no problem with that, right? <laughs> nope. But we're set up for the bye week, so. <laughs> oh, we did all we got married on October the 10th which is usually always the bye week before USC or Stanford okay so I made sure it was a bye week all right fair enough you, Adam <laughs> Dowling <laughs> has one up on Dom Richard did not get married during the USC week but got married during a bye week so all right you know one that point one point for Adam <laughs> uh, oh it's funny Adam what so, so what so, do you guys think are you excited? I mean, it's this year almost seems like to me like I, I, it's almost like it couldn't come soon enough because it's almost like I want to redo from last year. You know, I, I don't, I don't really. There's a lot to unpack there. The I don't want to quote unquote undo last year just because like I'm one of those those psycho people that think like, well, everything happens for a reason, you know, and it's like but then at the same time, I'm like, you know, like you need some growing pains or Marcus Freeman needs to have some more adversity before he can taste success or, you know, maybe it's just, you know, the Catholic tradition of suffering through adversity or, you know, I don't know, like it's it's, it's the whole piece of like I, I don't. I certainly don't want to erase last year, but, and I'm not, I know that's not what you're saying. Um, but you know, what I will say is we finished the end of the year winning our bowl game, which always feels fan flipping tastic, you know, finishing the season on a high note, you know, you're, you're, you're ready to play the, the, the game, the next game right away. You know, like I was ready to play Navy like months ago. And now it's finally coming, you know, like four days from now. Well, three days if you're Stevie in Ireland, but <laughs> mm-hmm. and and really two, uh, two days uh, given your your uh, your drive up there on Friday. But seriously, the um, you know, like like it couldn't come soon enough. But it's like holy shit, it's actually happening right now. And it's August, like, like not Red Snapper's birthday, but my eldest brother, who probably won't ever be on the show, but my eldest brother, uh, we should come up with something clever for him. It's his birthday on Saturday. And it's like, I've never seen Notre Dame play this early, which is fantastic. 
you know, it was just like, so, so I like, for me, it's, it's like a weird place because it's like, man, the game is really early and I have no problem with that. Cause it's like, wow, you know, like, yeah, like you said, Adam, you know, let, let's get on, let's, let's kick off football season. Let's get this started. But it like, for me, it's like, like there's stupid humidity outside right now, you know, here in, in central Indiana. I don't know. It's like up there with you next to, uh, Lake Michigan and closer to Chicago yeah. up there. But it hasn't really been hot all summer for us, and now these next two days are going to be like record heat. They're going to be here, terrible. So. so maybe it's a good thing that Notre Dame's <laughs> playing in Ireland. Like like Stevie, I don't know what what's the weather forecast in Ireland typically this time of the year. Uh, usually in August it'll be quite good. We've had the worst month's rain in a long time um, this this month, but it's meant to be quite nice at the weekend, kind of clear and 20 degrees celsius so i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but <laughs> that's okay we can we can live you know with those that's something. fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for our international uh listeners of the show they'll be like oh 20 degrees celsius of course you know and yeah. ever in the united states <laughs> will just be like <laughs> 70 something right pull out an app on your phone figure it out okay you guys do the math i'm not gonna pull it up on a spreadsheet right you guys can figure that shit out <laughs> but I, I think maybe I wouldn't feel as bad about last season if the SC game didn't go the way it went. Mm. And yeah, I would agree with that. I think so too. And it's just even though that was Drew Pine's best game, you know that, right? <laughs> yeah, but a couple turnovers hurt though in that game too. Yeah, yeah, and not being able to tackle and not being able to stop on defense. But continue, Adam. Sorry. Or or maybe really... or, or maybe just getting like five holding calls might have helped you but, oh, but right? we're, we're not gonna go there we're not gonna go there <laughs> we're not bitter. no i would well it's our rival i mean usc's our rival you know and we want to we, we hate them you know, and... we had to expect some growing pains this is the first time marcus freeman has been a head coach at any level at any level it's the first time he's been a head coach so Agreed. he was gonna have to learn a little bit on the job and what he needs to do so after last season, had a fire race. Oh wait, no, he just left. But yeah, and that might have been a little <laughs> issue. I mean, I got no proof, but I I have a feeling there but might me have been neither. a little Trust issue. Me neither. I I think there might have been a little issue there uh, that somebody thought maybe they should have been the head coach. So I'm I'm kind of glad he's moved on. No way. <laughs> but it also seemed like Freeman never really got a choice. It was like Tommy Reese is your. Um, offensive coordinator and that's it like he, he probably had no say in that at all by the sounds of it yeah i mean and i, I appreciate you know marcus freeman i think holding on to some of the coaches if he could for some sense of continuity or stability or what have you you know i mean yeah. a, a number of coaches stayed on you know and, and reese was one of those pieces you know and now now like everyone who was ever under kelly is gone I mean, and I don't count like Ron Paulus or some of these other kind of administrative type of people. But like, if you just go down the list of all the coaches on the coaching staff, I'm pretty sure every single one of them has is new, either this year or was new last year. Right? He stands no longer there. Reese is no longer there. You know, I mean, shit. Our strength of conditioning coach isn't there, and that's kind of probably more of a personal issue. And I don't think anyone has an issue with him because. You know, let's let's face it. Bayless was brought in after the 2016 debacle, right? Okay, but regardless, the um, you know, I kind of think if if that's more of a function of like I, I won't name my source here, but I heard from from someone I trust who has very good connections 
who said that Marcus Freeman is a very demanding individual. And when I heard that, I was like, that's fantastic. Like, who does not want a passive coach? Who wants a coach that's just kind of going to kind of just case sarah sarah or you know, just kind of, you know, tiptoe through the tulips? Absolutely not. I want some guy out there who's got a little bit of a screw loose, who maybe is just going to be, you know, get nuts and, and whatever and, and have very high expectations and very high standards. Hmm. Sounds like this podcast. My point yeah, is, I mean, oh, go ahead, Adam. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Well, I was just going to say th- the fact that we have had changes in the coaching staff, the fact that Gino Goduli is now the quarterback coach, who I've said for two years that maybe we should break Reese away from his quarterback coaching responsibilities and just keep him the OC and bring in a quarterback coach. I don't know. But now that's actually happened. So either Marcus Freeman listens to this podcast secretly, who knows, or he's just waking up, smelled the coffee because he's an intelligent individual. And he says, look, I need my quarterback coach to work through footwork, footwork drills and do these other things. And I need my OC to be the mastermind puppet master of making our offense successful. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, shit. Navy yeah, has two different coaches for the same same. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Ivan Jasper is the the OC. Grant Chestnut is their OC, right? Uh, excuse me. Ivan Jasper is a quarterback coach, right? He's the former OC. Uh, I mean, Navy Navy's doing it right. Notre Dame should do that. No problem. Yeah, I've I've seen people people do it both ways and have been successful doing it both ways. But I've heard the same thing about Marcus. And that's good that that's good to hear because I think he has you know he kind of has a reputation um, of being like kind of like the nice guy players coach and to hear to hear from some people that no he's really you don't want to cross him that that's I, I like that I like hearing that when it's one of those things where it's like you know like when the camera's on him and social media and and I always thought that Notre Dame did a really good job of you know I don't want to say propaganda but like but like put painting people in in the the uh, a positive light and then if when you really get down to brass tacks and you're in the program and you're in you know the meetings and you're you're at practice when the cameras are off you know and and it's like look sometimes you need someone to scream at you okay and i imagine that marcus freeman has lost his shit and it's kind of my hope that he has. Now, I don't mean like derogatory and you need to like be abusive and rude and some of these other things, right? That's I'm not saying that. But you need someone to have that demands excellence. Like like we know darn well that Lou Holtz had very high expectations. And he would threaten to throw players out of practice if they, you know, mucked up an assignment. Okay. Yeah. Does that make Coach Holtz a bad person? Does that make him a bad coach? Does that make him like a like? Does that make us like him any more than we already do? Of course not. It's his job to be the head coach at the University of Notre Dame and to deliver success and wins and excellence. That's what he's being paid to do. Okay. But above and beyond that, you're not coaching at Houston or Purdue or whatever okay you're coaching at notre dame 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, it sounds everything. I mean, everything out of camp sounds great. The only thing is, I, I feel like we have a. It sounds like we have a ton of potential, and we only have a few spots that are proven, like offensive tackle, quarterback, yeah. um, running back, SMA, running back. Yep. And then I feel like the linebackers, even though they're seniors, you kind of hear it both ways from our fan base. Some people say they're great. Some people you know, think they're terrible. I, I have no choice, you know, and we, we did this last week on the podcast. If anyone missed it, go back. We we did a breakdown of who was returning, who contributed last year, and, and what, what is still in the cupboard, right? And, and then we kind of looked at the recruits and did some other analytics. But... The, there were there were a couple things that stood out to me. Number one was the linebackers and and just kind of the the guys in the middle there of the defense is they had tons and tons of not only experience but they were the leaders in tackling last year, and these same guys are returning this year. So I see that as a positive. You know, people want to talk crap about Bertrand or whatever, and you know people are entitled to their opinions. I'm just saying, look at the data. The data suggests otherwise. This is the the guy who accumulated the most tackles last year, which means he's all over the fucking field. And remember the fact that also he got kicked out at least twice last year for targeting. Yeah, he so missed like... Uh, uh, he missed like half of half BYU game. and he missed the other half of the UNC game. So the... Navy um, too, he missed. He didn't play Navy last he, year. He, he's been all over the place and... And my thought is that, okay, other than maybe, you know, he needs to be more mindful of his fundamentals and his pad level or whatever, this is a guy who's at least, quote-unquote, selling out for football glory, if I may go out there. Now, he's not Manti Teo, and he's not, you know, Tommy Zibikowski or whatever, but were we saying that shit about, you know, those guys in their junior? I don't know. Like, probably not, but, like, look we don't know how Bertrand's going to be this year and so the fact that he's still there and the fact that he's contributed so much i take that as a positive like i don't see that as a negative right what what i take as a negative is like oh well our d line you know looks a little sparse you know with amiolas and foskey being gone right like that's that's a that's an invitation for anyone to break into okay um o-line i think will be fine i don't have too many worries but like running backs i mean stevie d irish is going to see them in person um are you excited to see estimate uh, is that for me yes sir yeah absolutely yeah he's he's um uh, i think he's a special talent i think he's 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 gonna be or have an unbelievable season i've i've, I've great confidence in um in what he's going to do this year I'm really I excited. I mean, he was the, he had the most rushing touchdowns last year, and this is kind of a little recap of last year, last week. But he had the most rushing touchdowns uh, of the team. Um, he's returning, and then we got Price, who's coming in. Um, we've made the decision on the offense to move Tyree from running back out to receiver. You know, whether he's going to be a X receiver, a slot receiver, or whatever, who knows? Um, you know, I, I. I I think the opportunities are there and yeah. whether or not, you know, we, we, you know, go undefeated or some of these other, you know, high aspirations that we all want, um, you know, we don't have to do too much crystal balling today, but what we can do is look at this game versus Navy and say, look, 
do we really think that we're going to struggle against Navy or sh- the, the better question is, should we struggle against Navy? We shouldn't, but I'm 40 and I've seen multiple times in my life, this Navy game go down to the wire. We've lost a couple times. We blow usually when we're good, we blow them out. Yep. But I always hate the game because it just feels like a lose lose. If if you lose, if it's close, you know you're no good. If you blow them out, oh, you should have blew them out. Exactly. Well, well, and I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But you know, like to me, that's that's no different from you know Alabama playing, you know. North Carolina A and T or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're a hundred percent right. Notre Dame should blow out Navy. Um, you know, if you just look at recruiting data, look at who has generated, um, well, not generated, but, but who the, the recruiting talent Notre Dame over the last four years ranks on average 11.5 Navy over the last four years ranks 125th. Notre Dame is an order of magnitude better than Navy. Okay. So so you're 100% right, Adam, when you say, like, like we should not struggle, right? Now, maybe that's a function of the coaching and some of these other things. But what I will say is, in my opinion, the last time I ever saw Notre Dame truly dominate Navy was in 2012. You know, 50 to 10 victory. And we'll, we'll go through those stats in a minute here. Um but if we have some game like that where we have a scoring margin of 40 adam do you know what national champions what their scoring margin is over the last 10 years on average how many how many on average how many points does the national champion beat their opponent by on average huh can I get like 24 or up or higher? It is higher. It is 27.2. Very good. Okay. You, you yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about on average. So the best teams will beat teams 50 to, you know, they'll beat a bunch of teams, you know, 50 by... to 10, like Notre Dame did in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll beat like four teams like that, you know, like LSU did in 19. They could, they'd oh score, score, and score. Yeah, I think we did beat Navy real good in like eighteen. Maybe it was nineteen. I think it was nineteen. Uh, I can. I actually have this. Uh, if you just give me a second here, uh, yeah, we we, we beat them. We beat Navy by thirty-two points, fifty-two to twenty, in, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I remember that. I'd be okay with that. Yep. Yeah, no problem. And I think it might be a lower scoring game because we're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. The clock moves on first downs now yes so i think it might be a little lower lower scoring than we're maybe might expect yeah i'm, I'm very curious to see how that plays into uh the game going forward whether or not the running clock is going to really drive things um it, it clearly will eliminate the number of plays that will happen um my opinion was more like you know, do they really need to do that or should they have just cut down on replay time or the number of commercials or some of these other things that what I, I kind of like the clock moving on first downs because that's the only level of football that 
would stop the clock on first downs. Like every other level of football, it runs. And sometimes I feel like an NFL game has a little more like rhythm to it. Like yeah. it, it feels like, oh, it's halftime already. Like, hmm. like it, it goes kind of quick. You know, it just feels like it has a little more flow. I understand. I understand. Yeah, well, well, I I think that we'll have to see how things, if things quote unquote feel different, um, as we're watching these games. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 find out as as time goes yeah. on. I so. guess we'll see. It's kind of exciting time. It finally really feels like a real new, a new era. I feel like last year was kind of like half new, half not. I agree with that. So, so it's kind of. I don't know. I'm just excited to see everything and uh, hopefully just take care of business and don't stress me out. And uh, let's, uh, I guess, go, let's go Irish and I'll, I'll get off now and let you move on to someone else. I got to, I'm going to cook dinner for the wife here. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. I did the same earlier before the show. All right. At Adam right, underscore go. Dowling one on the Twitter uh, we're still waiting for Mrs. Dowling to jump on, but that'll happen one of these days. I guarantee it. <laughs> we're, uh, we're all waiting. I think so. Well, Stevie, um, with uh, we we really haven't had a chance to talk about um, what your thoughts are about Sam Hartman. Like, do you think that he has the ability to bring transcendent play to Notre Dame in twenty twenty three? Uh, I, I I do I I feel like he's the he's the first quarterback go just you know I was looking at some of his highlights um over the last couple of seasons and I think when he with the fact that he'll have better players around him or in theory better players around him anyway um I think that he will do a lot better I think we will score a lot more in general I think because of the fact that. He's so good with his hands that it'll open up the running game a good bit more as well. Um, Are you, you know, saying like use the pass to expand the run? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that will um, be a big thing for us this this season. And I think that um, other teams are going to be afraid of him a lot more than they have been afraid of any of our quarterbacks for geez, as long as I can remember, really. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't get, you know, he has a good season and um, he doesn't get what, what feels like a quarterback curse at Notre Dame <laughs> the last while. So, um, oh yeah, but I think, I, I think it'll be good. I, 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 I'm very hopeful and confident in the offense in general. I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm a, a lot less confident in our defense, um, mm. you know, last season. In first year um, coordinator back, um, it wasn't brilliant. Particularly, no. I think he was it your stat. I think you said last week that like they were nearly bottom in red zone defense or fairly close. We were anyway. absolutely atrocious in red zone defense. Um, I got the exact yeah. numbers. If we really want to squeeze lemon juice into this paper cut here, yeah. no, it was really bad. The um, we were ranked one hundred thirtieth in red zone red zone scoring defense and 131st in red zone touchdown scoring. It was so bad last year. It was the worst it's ever been by far. The next worst, uh, let's see here, uh, was probably somewhere between, uh, yeah, let's see, Brian Van Gorder, 2013, Bob Yako. You know, like, 
it was not good last year. Like if we're if we're going and comparing ourselves to Van Gorder, well, was it worse to Van Gorder? Trust me, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's that's a real concern. I mean, where how are we going to how is that going to improve enough to be to be serious contenders to be getting into a playoff place when it was so bad last season? It's a real worry, I think, and um, it doesn't seem to be talked about enough that, uh, that it was so bad. Like you know, you wonder where it's going to get better this season. Yeah, do you think? Um... Here's kind of my my thought about this game. Like, are you happy that this game is at the beginning of the season, or would you prefer it to be somewhere in the middle? I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Um, no, I think it, I think it's good to have. I mean, it's it. I no, I think it's good to have it at the start of the season. Are you talking about the fact of coming to Ireland or just playing Navy in general? I, either. Yeah, uh, no, I think I think I think the first game of the season is probably the best one. Um, it'd be better potentially if there was a bye week next week after it. Uh, yeah, just because it always seems to the airline to, travel to and all that. Them. Yep. Yeah, and playing navy always seems to take it out of the players anyway. There, you know, it's always a, a worry about injuries and things more so than there is against other teams for whatever reason. But. Uh, no, I've no problem with it being the first game. I think it's it's good. I think you know, it should be a game where Notre Dame go out there, do the business. It should be uneventful, and they should be winning by thirty plus points. Like if if the, and again, it's hard to gauge when it's the first game of the season in some ways, but um, with cobwebs and whatever you want to call it. But um, no, they should be they should be comfortably winning on on Saturday, and it's more of a see where they stand defensively, see where they stand offensively and, you know, work on any kinks that they see. I, I agree with you. I, I, I personally think that, um, having, having like, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a data oriented individual as people know. And if you don't know, hello, yeah. welcome to the fighting Irish faithful powered by scotch and spreadsheets. Although tonight we're not, we're not doing scotch, uh, because we're live in Ireland at least my co-host is. Um, we actually went with Irish whiskey tonight on the oh, podcast. Um, what have you got? We did Red Breast. Oh, yeah, I saw the picture earlier on Middleton. Yeah, that's actually a Cork whiskey. Even is it really from Cork? I, I didn't even. Good? I didn't read it. Like, like here's the thing. I've heard of it, n- known about it, and I hadn't actually bought it because you know it's a little on the high side if i say um yeah i've had i think green spot before uh, of course jameson and bushmills and you know um michael collins um there was a couple others that i hadn't seen but then this one had caught my eye and i was like you know i've heard a lot of good things about this and i haven't had it and you know it's on again it's on the higher side and you know this yeah. is a special moment special game it's beginning of the season and just like notre dame you know i so so we're we're having Irish whiskey tonight, so hopefully that doesn't muck up the rest of the season. Most likely, it will not. Because how can this podcast interrupt what actually happens on the on the field, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although you guys don't call it field over there, you call it what the pitch. The pitch, yeah. Playing in football. Why is it called pitch? Can can I ask? Like, I genuinely am not saying this to be condescending. I genuinely don't understand. No. Please educate me. Why is it called yeah. pitch? Uh, I think uh, I would imagine it's probably something that goes back to 
British times colonialism or whatever over here. I, I would, it's a British thing, like, and we've just carried it on, I suppose. We'd, we, okay. we all just call it. Yeah, but you guys I, use the euro over there. You don't use the great British pound, so... We do not, no. no we, are <laughs> we are as, 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 as far away from um, Britain as we can while being a neighbor. That's right, yeah. I mean, respect to our neighbors, right? You know, it's like... Like, I, I was at a family reunion uh, a couple weeks ago, and a lot of my relatives are actually from Canada, you know? Uh-huh. So, so, I mean, and it's, it's probably... I'm, it's not even remotely close to the historical um, history. I'll just put it that way to be more polite about it um, between United States and Canada versus uh, Ireland and England. But regardless, yeah. we, we don't have to make things awkward. The um, <laughs> I was talking about a lot of my Canadian relatives and it's like, you know, there's you you know, there's things you do talk and things you don't talk about, you know, and it's like, like, and not to, again, not to be uncomfortable about it, you know, it's like, look, we're here to enjoy, we're here to, to, to uh, be, be, remind of, remind ourselves of what, what is good about, uh, yeah. you know, our union and things of that nature. And, and the fact that we're family and, you know, though we live in different countries and you can put all that, you know, garbage aside, um, yeah, it was a good trip. Um, happy I went. Um, but there's always that a little bit of that that's always a little bit in the background that, you know, every now and then you get a little bit of jobs. Now, I will say this. Um, I was telling the doc this yesterday. Um, so I have a toddler, right? Yeah. And uh, we got a, I got a new baby on the way in the womb. But the toddler, you know, like, it, like if we ever need to, like, like hit the emergency brake, you know, you know, whatever we throw Paw Patrol out on the, uh, on the like streaming or whatever on the show, on the, on the television. Yeah. And Paw Patrol was actually created in Canada. And so I'm going to this reunion. I'm like, Oh, telling my Canadian relatives, like, yeah, one of the best things here in, out of, that comes out of Canada recently is Paw Patrol. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, who <laughs> no are way. you? You clearly don't know, understand the greatness that has come out of your own country. <laughs> It's funny. It's a weird thing to be talking about, but um, in 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 Ireland and and England, when you listen to Paw Patrol, it's totally different voice actors. They've got kind of okay. more, yeah, more British accents than um than the Canadian. <laughs> I couldn't believe when I heard it. But how do you find the red breast? You know, it's it's really it's really smooth. Um, what's interesting is is unlike other Irish whiskeys I've had, this one actually has like a little bit more of a I don't want to say a bite, but but a little bit more of a character, like I would expect out of a scotch, um, you know. And and I have not, you know, really. I mean, clearly, if I I had tasted the notes of this one, you know, more sober versus a scotch, and had a had a proper had a proper whiskey tasting, you know, we'll probably do that later in the week. But yeah. um, this was more just like let's get amped up for the podcast and let's get a good whiskey, and you know, this is where we're at. Um, no, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, I wish if I if I could name one of my Twitter followers that have had it. And if, if anyone's listening, please, if you had tweeted multiple things about Redbreast, I think it's it's my Twitter follower who's got the dopest garage with multiple cats and a shuffleboard and a uh, whiskey and, you know, golf simulator, whoever you are, Twitter follower. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting who you are. Please at me. Uh, make fun of me. That's fine. I take full responsibilities. My my lack of memory, 
but uh, no, it's 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 absolutely fantastic. Absolutely loving it. We're gonna have to savor this one because this was uh, it was not uh, cheap, and uh, we want to, we want to enjoy this. So we, I, I I've I've found that I've started collecting bottles of whiskey. There's there's a few that I've anything from bourbon to scotch to now this one that we just don't drink. Like I do know I have a bottle of Maker's Mark uh, single proof uh, barrel. Or, or single barrel batch, right? Like uh, cast strength that we have never opened. Um, oh, we have two bottles from Isla from uh, Lafroig that both me and the doc hand. Uh, I don't know how you would describe this, but but hand drew out of the cask itself into oh. our own bottles. Those right. have never been opened. And that'll be like like a fiftieth wedding anniversary type of situation, right? Um, so so there's there's a there's a couple that are they're very special, and and you know not that we're making a big deal about this, but um, you know we recognize that the time and effort and of fine quality spirit uh, that it does. So okay, enough about whiskey. Uh, should we do the stat piece, Stevie? Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on here. So. The stat piece. All right, what are we going to talk about, right? Okay, look, Notre Dame's playing Navy. First game of the year we have never played. They've got new coaches. We've got some new coaches. They've got a lot more new coaches. But the last time Notre Dame played Navy was, of course, in Ireland. Well, last time they played in Ireland was against Navy, right? 2012. And um, recently, I have actually found, if you just type in Notre Dame versus Navy on YouTube from 2012, you can actually find the full game, which I started watching, which is fantastic. Now, why was that game so awesome? Well, back in 2012, uh, your host was clearly not podcasting, um, and he was not as quote-unquote educated or informative as he is now. However, I took the stats, the post-game stats, right, score, you know, the total plays run, rushing yards, etc. And I broke that down to look for some kernels, some nuggets, and what can jump off the page. And first thing is, of course, the score, 50 to 10. I mean, Notre Dame wins by 40 points. National champions over the last 10 years win on average by 27. So we were feeling really good going into the Purdue game Unfortunately, we barely beat Purdue by a field goal. But regardless, yeah, let's not be negative yeah. here. Okay, um, maybe if if we're we have a little bit of a letdown versus Tennessee State, we'll know, right? Okay. Um, passing plays, Notre Dame had more. Uh, truth or a lie, Stevie? Run percentage. Who ran the ball more, Notre Dame or Navy? I would say that game, Notre Dame did. Okay, one would think, at least from a percentage standpoint, they're tied. Both teams ran two-thirds of the time, 66.7% of the time. Um, It's absolutely fantastic. Hashtag RTDB, Notre Dame running 66% of the time, the same as Navy. Now, but Notre Dame was more effective running 293 yards versus Navy's 149 which if we scroll down 
to rushing attempts per touchdown. Notre Dame, Notre Dame had nine rushing attempts for every touchdown, every rushing touchdown they scored. Now, Navy had zero rushing touchdowns, but Navy had one passing touchdown. Notre Dame had also one passing touchdown. So actually, Navy had a better passing attempt uh, attempts per touchdown ratio than Notre Dame. Navy 20 to 1, Notre Dame 23 to 1. Granted, that was Everett Golson's first game. Yeah. Now, yards per carry. Who do you think was better, Notre Dame or Navy? Uh, that has to be Notre Dame. Absolutely. 100% correct. Notre Dame 6.4 yards, Navy 3.7 yards. Now, passing yards is very, very close. Notre Dame barely edges out by five yards, 197 to 192. Total yards, no contest. Notre Dame, 490 over Navy's 341. Now, what's interesting is something I started looking up last year, which was uh, scoring drives. How efficient are we on our offense, right? And Notre Dame was successful scoring the ball seven out of 10 of their drives. 70% of all their drives put points on the board. That is absolutely fantastic. Navy, 17% is really bad. Navy was 0-4 in their first four possessions, in their first, you know, uh, times on offense. Um, That fourth possession... Do you know what happened in that fourth possession? It's probably probably the highlight of the game. Is it the turnover for Tuas? Yes, it is. No. Absolutely. Ah. Brilliant. 100% correct. Fourth possession is the scoop and score, 77 yards by Stefan Tuas. If you don't know what we're talking about, trust me. It's, it's, oh, man, my heart was singing watching that. Um, <laughs> and in addition to um, Notre Dame just being successful on 70% of their scoring drives... They were successful, and they scored touchdowns. I will repeat that. Notre Dame scored touchdowns in the first three drives they had uh, in that game, which is fantastic. And uh, I see at IrishJTL on the Twitter listening in. Uh, We've invited you to speak. If you want to jump in, just jump right in, man. But, uh, yeah, if we just, you know, rushing attempts per touchdown, Notre Dame – averaged a uh a point or excuse me rushing attempts 9.2 attempts per for every touchdown national champions are about 16 so very good navy had zeros we'd already say um so the passing wasn't sexy it wasn't fantastic but look we finished at halftime up 27 to (laughs) 3 (laughs) <laughs> okay and we scored and we did not take our foot off the gas uh, unless you count 10 points in the fourth quarter as taking your foot off the gas but 13 14 13 10 okay pretty even okay slight drop off in there um navy zero in the first quarter three in the second seven in this in the second in the third quarter and zero in the fourth okay so clearly clearly much better for Notre Dame. Navy also had four turnovers. Very, very uncharacteristic of Navy, right? Yeah. I, I cannot, you know, you think disciplined team, and we have all these, we have interceptions, we have fumbles, we have scoop and scores, right? And Notre Dame only had one one turnover. So, um, 
you go through the stats and you look at this game and you and I remember watching that game, you know, and it was on in the morning here in the in the States and just be like, who is this team? This is fantastic. Like they look and and I don't know if it was the the sweet, you know, Irish flag on the cleats, you know, who knows? Um, but Notre Dame looked fantastic going into that game. Um and, and so that set the bar really high. It was Notre Dame's uh, best scoring margin they had all season. The next best would have been Wake Forest, I think a 38 to zero uh, win uh, towards the end of the season. But to start off your first game, beating the opponent by 40 points, good grief. I mean, let me put it this way, Stevie. If Notre Dame beats Navy by 27 or more points this Saturday, I'm going to be a very, very happy person because on average, that's what national champions do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you want. Like, I mean, you know, if Notre Dame were to, you know, successful this season, then they need to be no disrespect to Navy, but they need to be beating teams like Navy by at least 27 points. Like, well, and, and 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 again, no disrespect to Navy, but I mean, let's let's face it. Notre Dame, Navy, Notre Dame is, has superior talent. Navy's talent is inferior, right? They're there, they're playing football, right? But they're there to to you know be in service of the armed force of the United States, quite frankly, right? And, and that's yeah. Uh, and I say that with the utmost respect. The of course. the. But from a football standpoint, the players at Notre Dame are there to play football, right? So there's a little different of a mentality here. Now, we have history. We owe Navy a lot and da-da-da-da. And and if anyone, okay, this is, you know, I have to say this every year, every time we play Navy. Like, I do I want to end the series with Navy? The answer is no. Do we know if they're yeah. going to do triple option? No. But do I think they should play every year? The answer is also no. Now, what I would prefer, and this is just kind of to mix things up, is keep the service academy thing active, but just put all the academies on a rotation, right? Play the play the Naval Academy, then play Army, then play Air Force, right? Just put the academies on a rotation, and you see them once every three, four years, whatever. Um, you want to mix in another team in there, whatever. Okay, I don't think the Coast Guard has a uh, has a team. Um, <laughs> the the Space Force of the United States doesn't have an academy yet, so we'll we'll find out. That'll probably be on the moon whenever that happens. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, um, I did hear that Virgin Virgin Galactic uh, is starting to put people put tourists into space, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but I've been people spending a lot of money to be put in a potentially very dangerous situation. Says, yeah. Well, I'm an aerospace engineer, so I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> Regardless, um, no, I'm 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 really happy that Notre Dame is playing Navy. Um, I have no problems with it. Should they be on a rotation? Eh, maybe one man's opinion. Um. But no, if, if we put up anything close to what we did uh, against Navy in uh, in 2012, I, I think we're okay. I think we're in, we're in good shape. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they should. Like you know, it's uh, I can't I can't see any other scenario than, than Notre Dame winning by 20 plus points anyway. 
Yeah, I agree. I think if we win by 20, I think it'd be okay. I mean, I, mean, I would prefer 30 plus, 40 plus, you know, like, I mean, everyone yeah. wants a, wants a, wants a curb stomping of the opponent, right? You know, is that realistic in the first game? You know, I don't know. I mean, may, and maybe that w- was kind of what led to some of the magic of the 2012 season. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I went on, on a, on a statistical breakdown of how quote unquote Marcus Freeman could do in his first year coaching and compared him to other successful coaches last year. And nine and four was actually above the rim. That was above the average. So are my expectations higher? Absolutely. They're higher because they were higher last year. He beat out what the average, um, you know, coach did, you know, winning a title in their, you know, first year with said program. Okay. Yeah. So, so learned a bit as well from his first full season. It's kind of why, uh, you know, it kind of felt like last season was a bit of a no one expected anything. We kind of all were like, OK, let's kind of in 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 the best way possible. Let's get this season over. Let's give him his first season as head coach and just see what happens. And then next season, you know, this season coming is, is, is the real season where things should start to you should start to see a real um, team. What's the word team kind of. Chemistry or yeah, our camaraderie, uh, everything you know. Just we we should hopefully see more of of what a Marcus Freeman uh, led team should be and what he wants it to be, and hopefully that is um, something good. So the fact that it was about last season, you would hope that this season should be a bit better. Um, will it be perfect? I don't think so. I think that there's still too many um, things that need work. Maybe they won't, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, and I don't want to like put the expectations so high in year two for Marcus no, okay. to, to go. Now, what I will say, like, let, let me put it another way. If, if Sam Hartman wasn't on the team, I would probably have a little bit different of an opinion about my my personal expectations about this season. But because we have Sam Hartman, my expectations are actually quite high because I see someone who has proven himself. And if you go back two weeks ago to the podcast where I broke down Sam Hartman versus quote unquote good teams, he actually did really well. And Furthermore, he did better than other quote-unquote good quarterbacks that we as Notre Dame fans like, i.e. Brady Quinn and Jimmy Clausen. He was by far better than those two guys against, quote, good teams. So that gives me confidence going into this season with Sam Harmon transferring from Wake Forest, a team that, you know, you know, so-so talent and so-so, you know, strength of schedule, kind of a middle-of-the-road ACC schedule and ACC team to then jump in and start playing uh, at Notre Dame, you know, and, and, you know, maybe there's a little bit of Notre Dame arrogance, but like, okay, we're at Notre Dame and we play this high schedule and we're going to play Ohio state and Clemson, and USC and da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, like these are things that do actually happen at Notre Dame is Sam Hartman ready. And, and I think the answer to that is yes. And the only, the, the proof of that is this Saturday in Dublin. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No better place to, to do it. <laughs> That's right. No better place. 
Well, I see Jason there at IrishJTL on the Twitter. Uh, you've been invited to speak. You're on mute. Go ahead and hit the pink button if you wish to join in and contribute. Jason, welcome back. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yo. Sorry. I'm home alone. I was dealing with the dogs while I was listening, so I couldn't accept before. What are you talking about? <laughs> Bring the dogs on. It's no big deal. It's all good. <laughs> they're paying the ass. They're, they're loud. One of them is a hound dog, so he's just banging at the door. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. We'll play some Elvis. It'll be all good. What do you think of uh, this game? First question, are you going to the game? In Ireland, no. I picked uh, Clemson as my away game this year. I had to go to Mexico in May, so I couldn't pull two international trips. You have to go to Mexico in May. (laughs) I had to go. I went. I went. My friend got married down there as a destination wedding, and I performed it. So I had to go. Didn't enjoy it. It was 110. I'm fat. I did not like it. Out of curiosity, where in Mexico? Uh, Cancun, Playa del Carmen. Right on. Right on. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Cozumel is actually on my bucket list. Believe it or not. It's hot. It, it's hot, but it, but you know, like Cozumel's a little unique. You know, it's got a little bit more out in the Gulf. You know, a little bit of separated from the mainland. You know, just my my opinion. Cozumel's on the bucket list. But anyway, uh, enough about Mexico and and vacations here. Uh, what do you think of the Irish going in on Saturday? Are like, are you like freaking out like, like I was earlier about like, how the fuck is it football season already? Or are you just like, oh, yeah, man. bring it on, let's go, beat Navy. I, I- <laughs> I joked with my wife and kids the other day that my life will have meaning again come August 26th. They they do a lot, a lot to fulfill it, but the meaning, you know. So I'm not. You know, I heard your your 27 points thing, and I I gotta tell you, Joe. I hope it's. I'm I'm expecting and hoping it's like a 52 to 14 game. Talk I to, see to me. Game. Talk to me. I want a 38 point. Offensive showcase. We've got seniors that have seen that that triple option at linebacker, and I'm I'm you know obviously our secondary compared to Navy passing game should be up to par. So I'm hoping that happens. I honestly, uh, you know, when you guys were talking about <clears throat> the expectations, I see ten and two. Probably, I think eleven and one is doable. Ohio State seems to not have their quarterback situation figured out. Yeah. I don't. They have, they do have to figure that shit out. I'm not a big believer in club yet. We got to go on the road there. That's tough. I I see USC being a loss, which gonna hurt at home. But I think I think they get it done against Ohio State. And I think Clemson's fifty fifty. As long as they avoid traffic, Louisville or Duke, I think you know eleven one's entirely possible. I, I appreciate that you've kind of taken a very wide macro view of the whole season and and brought us back to kind of preseason expectations, preseason understanding. Do you let, let, let me say this, because I, I said this on a previous show. Do you think that Notre Dame has the chops to finally get the BCS? I'm talking Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl. Get that. New Year's Six style bull monkey off our back. Do you think we can finally go to one of those games this year and win it? I think if if there's a year that we can, it's got to be this year. I think 
the issue in the past, and Michigan's kind of catching this too, and I hate when people make me have to defend Michigan, but it's really easy to talk about those bowl records when, you know, two of them are called football playoff games against juggernauts in which we were more competitive in the championship game. Um, but this is the year to do it. I My uh, hot take for the year, I think Alabama finishes outside the top ten. I don't think they're going to get the quarterback figured out. I think LSU, um, Tennessee, um, and Georgia are clearly better in those, and I think they dropped the Iron Bowl. So without Alabama being – I don't believe Alabama will be there. I don't think LSU's quite in that juggernaut range. I think we could play with LSU at this point right now. So this would be the year to do it if we get to the playoff or, you know, we do a 10-2 and two and do a Peach Bowl. I think, I think we're capable of this year. And if not this year, then it's going to get tougher because, you know, Saban will get Milrow there, who I think is going to start. And, you know, Ohio State's got two five-stars battling it out, but I don't think they figure it out this year. Next year, they're going to be on the up again. So I think Harrison Jr. wins the Heisman, even with a suspect quarterback. I think the Ohio State situation is interesting because I think this is where you really, like, I, I don't want to say, like, Ryan Day has had, like, a red carpet and the yellow brick road in front of him. But it the quarterback situation has always been very clear for him, if I may say. But this is really the first year that Ryan Day really needs to use his own judgment and opinion and this, that, and the other to to make a decision as a head coach uh based off of what he's seeing in practice where previously it was always like okay you got cj stroud and he's amazing yeah of course he's starting quarterback number one right um i think notre dame is gonna hopefully live off of that clearly this year um and then going into Maybe next year, you know, who knows with CJ Carr and Minchie and Angeli, you know, we'll let them duke that out next year. But we don't have to worry about that right now going into this Navy game. I think with with Ohio State, our opponent coming up in uh, in a few weeks here, I think that's something that Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame will have, is my hope, a proven quarterback going into that game. You know, we've got Navy, then Tennessee State, we've got Central Michigan, NC State, and, you know, whoever else we got coming up to before that game, okay? Um, Notre Dame, I will say this, and uh, let me throw it back to you. Notre Dame, this is the first time I actually really like their schedule. We get the, quote, random, weird, you know, big show on the road game like last year was vegas and and as much as i love that game it was in like kind of the middle of the season it was kind of disruptive and then what happened the next week we lost to a shitty stanford game now is that a response to the shamrock series i don't know but i'm really happy that the the first like weird game and i don't mean like weird like negative like but it's just like it's out of place like it's it's a it's a it's very far away you know it's it, it's Stevie, what's I don't know what the flight is there, you know, but it's like it's like a seven eight hour flight out of Chicago, from yeah. all the way to Ireland, okay, um, like like that that does something to your team. Um, I'm happy to get that going in week one. 
Um, if Notre Dame played every Shamrock series in week one, you know, this weird kick off the season with lots of fireworks and, you know, whatever, um, I'm okay with that in week one. And then just kind of like, you know, punch a clock, get into the routine of the season right after that, you know, eliminate the weirdness around midterms, you know, like that's always like a big deal already. If, if we have the big game to start the season, and then we go down the, the list, go down the schedule, go down these lower level teams. Cause let's face it, Central Michigan, Tennessee State, right? Even you know, Louisville, right? Come on. These are these are not, you know, big, you know, scary opponents that Notre Dame has to play right off the bat. We get four or five games at the beginning of the season, and then we play Ohio State at home. You know what? That's okay. So, so I really think that the way the schedule is working out is actually into Notre Dame's favor. There are three toughest games um, that they're playing. Two of them are at home. And the third, Clemson, I would actually argue is, quote unquote, like, if you take a recency bias, the weakest. Um, you know, I think USC is on the up, uptick, per se. Um, and then so is Ohio State. But both of those games are at home. The We, we kicked Clemson's last year and that's the away game um so you know you know maybe they've got some uh they've got some sharks stevie do they have sharks in 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 ireland i don't know but uh not any dangerous ones anyway not dangerous (laughs) sharks all right so you got clemson clemson's dangerous sharks swimming going into that game but but there is blood in the water you know they remember what happened you know, I, I, I'm the a-hole on Twitter that was saying, you know, I need to find the guy that was given the offensive lineman for Clemson, the uh, the middle finger. I need to find that guy. Um, I don't think that was Stevie. I think that was someone else. We got to get that guy on the podcast. Um, so if anyone knows who I'm talking about, bring him on. Uh, if he's your friend or not your friend or you just know who that is, you know, by all means, slip him a business card. There you go. But but I'm happy that this game is starting off the season. That we're gonna we're gonna go that route to start the season, and then, uh, you know, kind of the season will just play out after that. And then you know we just kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of like bring in the bring in the soldiers in uh, the shell within 300. You know, just like hold. You know, like that's all we need to do. We don't have to like be apprehensive and waiting for this big like production that's going to happen in vegas or boston or pick your favorite shamrock series location no i'm with you there i want to kind of address that and what you said about the figuring out you know the the ryan day thing where his quarterback's always kind of been set i think with hartman there this is the this is the season that freeman needs to start making that kind of thing happen and that's why I want to see a 52-14 to 14 type Navy game. I want to come yeah. back home to Tennessee State, and I want to kick the shit out of them. I don't want the <laughs> yeah. And the same with Central Michigan. I want Minchie getting meaningful snap. Not meaningful, meaningful, but game speed reps. I don't think yes. Angeli's a wall. I love the kid. But let's make sure by the time we get to Ohio State that if something happens to Hartman, and going into next year when CJ's coming in, 
that Minty's ready to go. He's getting snapped because we're blowing out the teams that we're supposed to. Hartman should get ultra comfortable with Alt and Fisher and Zeke on that offensive line. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win the guard battles. I don't really care at this point. With those three guys, they should be contending with Michigan for the Joe Moore Award. Anything less than that is almost unacceptable to me with, with those three guys. Um, so Hartman should be ultra comfortable after Tennessee State. And we need to be putting up 45 and 50 points with the secondary playing well, the linebackers at least being in position, because they're, they're all you know fourth and fifth year seniors. They should at least be in position, even if they're not the most most athletic, and letting the defensive line come into its own. And if they can do that, Minty can start getting snaps. And then when we get into the meat of the season, he's not going to get those. He's not getting those against Ohio State no matter what. I don't think he's – Louisville scares me on the road, to be honest with you. That's a trap game uh, besides Duke. And then he's not getting that against USC or Clemson. We're just not going to blow them out enough for that. And so those first, I think, three games are going to be huge, not only for this season, but going forward. Can we get that young kid some real game-time snaps against the first-team defense and let him work out some of those kinks instead of being Tyler Buckner last year, who really didn't ever get to come in and do that because they didn't blow people out. We I'm, just didn't do it. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy you're you're talking about blowing out the opponent, because if you if you take a understanding of what other teams are doing, and not that we need to be chameleons and copy and paste what the other quote unquote good guys are doing that are winning titles. That's not what I'm saying. But there is something to say about if you are hoisting the trophy, typically you're blowing out the inferior opponents and you're allowing your program to build by allowing the backup guys, allowing the backup quarterbacks, the Minchies, the Angelis, whoever it is, okay? That's up to Gino Gaduli and Gerard Parker and Marcus Freeman to figure out of who number two quarterback is. Um, I would assume it's Minchie just, or just based off of talent, but it may be Angeli based off of his uh, limited experience and that he's been there a little bit longer. We don't know. I'll let, I'll let the coaches figure that out. And at this point, I'm not, you know, one way or the other as far as my preference. But but you're 100% right, Jason, when you say we need to blow out teams because if you blow out the teams, you're allowing the second string guys to get some playing times, get some experience. So when their number is called, be it, just simple rotation of, you know, from year to year or worst case scenario, you have an injury, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, right? Um, you need to have your second string guys ready to go. You're still playing the big, bad opponent. You're still playing at Notre Dame and you were brought into this program for a reason to deliver and to be successful and to help this team and service this team to be successful. So, so I'm really glad you brought that up, Jason. Um, the expectations are high. They should be high. And when you're going against a team like Navy in Ireland, where we have vastly superior talent, they have inferior talent. They're rebuilding 
most of their entire team, um, at least on the coaching staff for the most part. Um, I really think that Notre Dame can can take advantage of the situation. Yeah, Jason, his his spot on. Like, it should be we should be consistently beating the teams by large margins when we're expected to beat them. Like, it's it's always been a big frustration, you know, particularly in Brian Kelly's years that we, you know, the teams that we should have been comfortably beating, we never were, which meant that the the backups never got the, the the game time that would have helped them and the team down the line when injuries or whatever occurred. So it's um it should always be happening that we should be beating the navies and uh, you know Louisville or whoever else we're playing that we should be beating them by the twenty or thirty points minimum. Yeah, no, I I agree with you one hundred percent, Stephen. Well, okay, we've, uh, Jason, anything anything last uh, to say? Otherwise, we're going to go off to Todd Watson, who's been invited to speak. If, Todd, you want to join on, by all means, jump on and uh, jump on and give your opinion. If not, uh, forever hold your peace, or just if you just want to listen, that's cool too. But, Jason, any final thoughts uh, going into this game? No, I have nothing else. I'm going to sit back and listen and enjoy. I'm excited for another football season. I hope to see you guys around campus this year yeah absolutely i i personally will be uh at both Pitt and wake forest um as you know or my co-host stevie d irish will be at ireland um a, a question for steve and you don't have to go into details if you don't want to but it has anyone reached out to you on twitter or is, are you gonna be meeting anybody new from the notre dame twitter or any other new notre dame fans that whatever or or what's what's the story there yeah yeah i've had i've had a a couple of um a couple of people uh message just to say like you know they, they um they're going to be over and if if um we were going to just you know potentially meet up so, That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, hopefully we we'll meet a couple of guys. Yeah, that would be there. great. Yeah, that w- that was always fun. At either blue and gold games or even at uh, at actual games, meeting meeting our friends on Twitter. You know, I mean, we engage a lot over uh, this platform, and I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, most of these, I mean, Stevie, we would never have met. You would never have been a co-host if we had no. never met <laughs> everyone on this on this show. Uh, we met on Twitter clearly because we're live on Twitter, but. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's a, it's been a good way to bring Ir- the Irish faithful together. Um, happy to be able to integrate Twitter Spaces with the podcast and Dos Leprechauns Media and bring it all kind of into one. If anyone has a Twitter account, by all means, this is cool. If uh, if if people have a Twitter account, so all right. Well, Todd yeah. is just listening. That's yeah, any- cool. Anyone just listening that's coming over, let me know, and it'd be great to meet up for a pint of Guinness or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, at Stevie D. Irish, by all means, if you are going to Ireland, you are listening to this podcast, um, by all means, I mean, clearly is a nice, nice person um, <laughs> and is is on the show tonight. He is my co-host. Um, get, give this man a follow and uh yeah link up with him on on twitter or whatever um i I imagine you know you'll uh you'll be obliged so absolutely yeah all right kevin davis uh you've been invited to speak here 
we need we need the Secretary of Defense of Notre Dame football to jump on Kevin Davis 0560 on the Twitter if you wish to join us. If not, no big deal. We'll, we'll jump around to a few people. Um, we've talked about Notre Dame versus Navy, um, and we've talked about um, how I think Notre Dame has the potential versus is Navy this year with Sam Hartman, with the returning uh, production we have. Now, there's a couple of question marks at receiver, but if you go back to the game from 2012, the stats we laid out earlier, you know, passing yards, Notre Dame was barely, barely better than Navy, right? We didn't even crack 200. Grant, that was Everett Golson's first game. Um, but yeah, we had just simply one passing touchdown in that game. So so nothing nothing too exciting, nothing to blow my skirt up. Um, but anyway, I see Kevin Davis here. Kevin, if you wish to join us and drop us some knowledge at Kevin Davis, please join us. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Good evening. Uh, it's about that time. Week zero is finally here. Isn't it? It's crazy. Live from Ireland, at least my co-host is. Yeah. <laughs> be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Um, I, I personally think that um, and, and and I love, of course, I love defense. Um, I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't because we don't know what they're gonna do offensively. So, um, I just want to see how we start based on what we see and how we how uh our defense adjusts to it. Whether that's the the triple option or if that's I don't know what well, maybe Navy will go spread I don't know. Um, the what, the last I did with my research yeah. was that it was a quote unquote spread option. Now I don't know necessarily quote unquote what that means, but what I do know is I can pretty much imagine whatever Kennesaw State was doing the last few years. That's probably what we're gonna see, right? Yeah, uh, and so and if we do see that, I mean. I think we have the defense to defend any type of spread type concept. Um, it's just that triple option. Of course, I always worried about our interior linemen, or uh, not line interior linebackers. So, and that's still going to be, I think, a question mark. But we'll see some this first game, um, depending on how much they run this ball up the middle and how much they challenge our interior linebackers. But um, do you, I, do you... I saw that. Kevin, do you really think it's a it's a it's a question mark because we have so much, so many so many guys in the interior returning this year from last year? Is it really a question mark, or is it more the question mark of these guys responding to what we think may Navy may throw at them? Yeah, so it's the response, right? And not just look at the depth chart. Kaiser is going to be a rover, um, and Marifal is going to be the wheel. I would have swapped the two, okay. <laughs> um, but um, so I want to see how that looks uh, with Kaiser at the rover and, and Marifal at the wheel. I would thought they would put Marifal at least at, at the uh, Viper position every once in a while, but I don't know. I mean, I mean they don't know what they're going to get. They, who knows what they're going to do by the end of the game? It might be, we might see something totally different by the end of the game. So I don't know. I'm just excited for the game. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that. I think Navy is smart enough to know that they can't roll out exactly 
what Grant Chestnut was doing at Kennesaw State. I imagine that they will do some sort of hybrid. And in my opinion, I think it's in Navy's best interest to move beyond triple option and eat. I'm not saying go full air raid, but they do need to be passing the ball more. Um, and it's, it's outdated. Pardon? The triple option is outdated. It is, and and though it's nasty, and I love it, and you know it gets my hashtag RTDB juices flowing. Um, you know, it, it's not a recipe for success. You know, we talk about stats of champions on this show. Um, Stevie D. Irish knows what it is, but you know, number one is, is total touchdowns scored. After that, it's passing touchdowns, right? So you have to pass. Yeah. You must have passing touchdowns. Um, and if you're running triple option, that doesn't really happen. So, um, you know, is uh, uh, now unless you have, you know, the, uh, you know, I don't know, pick, pick your favorite pro offensive line, uh, you know, team, you know, from the 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 80s or 70s or whatever. Um, uh, that's not happening here in college, especially at the Naval Academy. So, so running triple option, you know, the power sweep is, is not part of the playbook. And, um, you know, if if that is what Navy is going to run, uh, and now let's back the bus up is Navy honestly thinking they're going to win the national championship. No. Um, do they want success and, and this, that, and the other? Sure. Um, but that's okay. We're not doing the Navy podcast. We're doing the Notre Dame football podcast. So it's Notre Dame's yeah. response, at least on defense, to stop Navy, to score more points than the other team, to score more points than Navy, and to uh, to stifle whatever they throw out there, whether it's triple option, whether it's air raid, or whether it's spread option. I don't know. It's probably be the last one. Yeah, and so so the the another thing that Navy had for the as their benefit was that the triple option allowed allowed them to manage the clock, right? If they go to the air, I think if they go to the air, that's a longer game, and that's definitely not gonna benefit them if they make it a longer game. I think that's not in their best interest. But eh, we will see. Yeah, we will see. We will see for sure. Um Kevin, do you have a prediction for this game? We got uh, Todd's just listening, but we got Coach Barsegian, who's who's I think might might close us out. Kevin, do you have a prediction or any final thoughts here? I'm gonna go uh, forty-two six. Forty four four zero is the six. Four two forty two to six. Forty two to six. I love it. I I think Hartman's gonna uh, come try to show some people some stuff. <sighs> Talk to me. What do you got? What's he got? Four four passing touchdowns? What's the breakdown there? Yeah. Um I'm thinking I'm thinking at least four. Four? Four four and two. Four. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us and for your contributions. The Secretary of Defense at Davis 0560, the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, powered by Dos Leprechauns Media. Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Stevie, the, real quick, we, we didn't have this uh, discussion beforehand. Do you have a preference between running the football or passing the football, or are you just like, squirt points, I don't give a shit how it happens? <laughs> um, no, I think I, I would be um, probably a, a more of a, a, a RTDB as well. 
Um, That's what I'm talking about. But not about. by much. I, I, I do like the passing game. I think, you know... It's exciting, it's, right? It's exciting, yeah. It makes it a little bit more interesting, but, you know, let other teams do that. We just want to get the ball down the field and into the end zone. So um, if you can do it by running, all the better. And that's my thought. Like, like passing, passing is so sexy. It's so fluid. It's so, it's so picturesque. You know, like when if you, you know, like like go back to when you're a kid, right? You know, any any of our listeners, you know, go back to when you're young. You know, you you think about catching the end zone and you know scoring the big touchdown. You know, it was always a pass. It was never like, oh, I'm gonna break tackles and do a juke or a spin move and and you know or or mac mac truck somebody and you know get into the end zone you know, like Ray Zellers or, you know, or Tony Brooks, you know, none of that crap, you know, that never crossed your mind. Um, but as time has gone on, I've, I've really appreciated the running game. And that's really, really become just like, ah, it's just, it's just the safe place that I just love to live in. And I wish Notre Dame could score all the time that way. If it happens, great. If not, no big deal. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely safer because for the last few years, it feels like, Every time the ball was in the air, that it was just a, as likely to be a turnover Panic. as a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it really was like that. Where is my beer? Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we've invited, I think we'll we'll let Coach Parsegian, we're almost two hours in tonight. Uh, I think it's time to wrap up. It's really late over there in, in, in Ireland here. Coach Parsegian, uh, from the grave, Coach, welcome back to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Thank you for having me back. It's been, I noticed a little while ago, it's been like three, maybe four months since I've last really been on Twitter. So, you know, I've got to rest in peace at some point every now and then. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, the football season, you know, hey, we are literally kicking out the football season tonight. You know, I mean, technically this is, you know, episode six of the season, you know, you know, where were you in the spring? But that's okay. I respect your privacy, coach. (laughs) Well, you used to let me know whenever you would be doing something. And Trust me, man. It's out there on Twitter. It's out there on Twitter, man. I don't know. Anyway, I've still yet to receive an answer to my question that I tweeted earlier tonight. I've also had my own sports issues going on this summer, if you catch my drift with that. I, I understand. I understand. Well, Coach, what uh, what's your thought here about Notre Dame versus Navy in general, or this game specifically, or the overall season? Yeah, it's been a while since. It, for anyone who doesn't know, Coach Parsegian at one point was our most loyal contributor on the live shows, even more loyal than Red Snapper. Um, and that's no disrespect to Red Snapper. Um, but Coach Parsegian had been on every show, anything from from having snacks that we knew if he was, he was like the Brad Pitt of, of our, uh, of our podcast. Well, I know the last time I said this, Notre Dame kind of screwed the pooch and blew it, but I'm not worried about Navy. I'm not worried about Navy. Well, that wasn't the Navy game that you said that. No, I know, but <laughs> The last time I said, I'm not worried and I wouldn't be worried, they kind of choked. But at the same time... What was that, Marshall or something? Stanford? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was Marshall. Ugh. But this isn't Marshall. This is a service academy who traditionally 
flounders. Now they've well in first game uh, of the year. I, I think Notre Dame has done pretty Dame's well number. first game of the year. You know the only the only exception to that would be you know South Florida at home. You know, but that you know that's under Brian Kelly, so we don't have to worry about that. Yes, exactly. And good grief, why LSU is ranked in the top five is beyond me. But. Well, yeah, I mean, we said this earlier in the show. We are not paying attention to any any preseason polls just because. Why would Ridiculous. you do that? Nothing's it's happened. Just get, it's just to get buzz. That's the only purpose it's even done. Yeah, forget about it. We'll wait till week four. But anyway, coach, continue. Anyway, I'm I'm not worried. They may come out flat just because of the plane ride, but I'm I wouldn't be concerned. There's nothing serious to worry about. I mean, it's not like you're a pitcher for the New York Yankees. So if you catch my drift with that one. A little bit, a little bit. I'm not really a Yankee guy, but giving sure. up home runs constantly while your offense is unable to score. <laughs> okay. Let's put it that way. I appreciate you writing that oh. in crayon for me. <laughs> All right, so coach, clearly you do not. When I need it. I know. You know, I I, I I did send him an invite, but you know it is earlier. Uh, down there in Texas, he's been busy. I, it, let me say this: if anyone has survived this long in the podcast, or even our people live, Coach Rossijan, CVD Irish, Kevin Davis, Adam Dowling, anyone who's listening live, give Five Foot Nothing Pod some garbage, a, a little bit of garbage on Twitter. All right, I'm going to the the pit game with him. He he's busy. We respect that, but man, look. At some point, you got to say, look, I got this podcast to do. Look, family, jump on with me or let me do this. Okay, look, it, you can do whatever you want, five foot nothing pod. I'm just saying people want to hear from you. Coach Parsegian, two-time national champion, has just come out here and said, I want to get your opinion. I've just made a Yankees reference. I need you to back me up. I'm just saying. He was there every time Judge hit a home run, it seemed, last year. I know. What the deuce, you know? And it's, I mean, for him, it's baseball season. He's got his boys, right? Like, he's down in Texas, so. He's, he's being a good dad, whatever. Time, it's not like it's that late where he's at. I don't know. Do they, do, do Texans eat dinner later like, like they do in Spain? I don't know. I mean, it's. <laughs> There's no telling. Who knows? Who knows? Out there with their deserts. It doesn't. Well, he's down in Corpus Christi. That's that's. I don't know. That's that's practically Louisiana, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, it is closer. <laughs> the Bayou. All right, we're over two hours in. Uh, Coach, uh, any hey, final man, thoughts? I think we should let I the would, co-host retire for the e- for the I morning. Mean, <laughs> even if it's even if it's a low scoring game, I I feel like it will be Navy with the low score. Okay. I just, I just, I really don't see Notre Dame blowing this. Yeah. I mean, it's year two point one of Freeman having his system in. I appreciate so. that two point one. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, that's so. fantastic. Does um, so are you saying? So let me get this straight. You're you're just more like with game one, a win is a win is a win, or do you want a blowout? 
I expect a blowout because it's Navy, but at this, especially if Navy's getting away from the triple option. But it's it's in a completely different country. It's it's going to be. I, I expect similar to 2012, if that makes sense. It, it's going to be a Notre Dame dominant game. Similar to 2012. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm on bar, bar, board with that. 50 to 10. <laughs> I don't know what the standard deviation of that game is, but let's just say it's 10 points either way. We're, what are we at? 40 to 20? Notre Dame still wins by 20? I'm okay. Yeah, so uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not concerned about it. I'm I'm more like I'm so focused on Ohio State and Clemson right now, it's ridiculous. Those are the two games that are causing me to lose sleep right now. USC's beatable. But Ohio State and Clemson are always, even if Clemson's down, it's it's Clemson. Yeah. They're still recent memory, good blue blood of college football right now. So right. those are the two must wins outside of USC. So those are the only ones that are causing me to kind of roll over in my grave, if you will. Yeah. I mean, right now, per TeamRankings.com, Notre Dame has a 20-and-a-half point. Um, uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're favored. They're favored, right? So so, th- so that's good. Um, so, you know, that 20, 21 point, you know, if you're, you're thinking even a, quote-unquote, poor performance relative to 2012, I think that, that uh, it covers the spread. It a wins you money in Vegas. Point. Poor performance is still a soundly dominating win. Yeah. So, right. you know, I'm, I'm, it should be an exciting game as long as it's not like you got to subscribe to the Peacock to see it. <laughs> oh, I'm like sure, I'm Central sure we'll have that discussion uh, later in the year versus the Central Which, Michigan. Thank goodness I jail broke a fire stick. So I should be able to watch every mm-hmm. single home game this year without any issues. Uh-huh. Very good. Very good. All right, Coach Warsegian, I really appreciate your contributions. I think uh I think that's uh that's a good way to, to close things down. Coach, any other final thoughts? That's about it. Let's see who's the closest to their accuracy of predictions on Saturday. Now we're talking. Thank you, Coach Warsegian, for joining us tonight. On the Fighting Irish Faithful Show at Coach Barcegian on Twitter. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, Co host Stevie D. Irish, I really appreciate you staying up this morning um, with us here. Thank you very, very, very much. Well, it was fun. It was fun. I And I hope that uh, your work, work, the rest of your work week is good and uh, safe travels for you back to Dublin. And you that much. you have absolutely the time of your life uh, yeah, watching be... our Fighting Irish to... play. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to being up with um, fellow Notre Dame fans. I don't get to, to do it too often, so it's going to be great to meet new people and, and talk football with um, with fellow Notre Dame fans. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a, it's a good time. Uh, wow, I mean... I, I I literally am like pinching myself right now, just saying, I can't believe that 
this Saturday we're watching uh, Notre Dame football. Um, Stevie, out of curiosity, and, and you may have to tweet this out. Um, yeah, I don't know what the concessions, like, you know, beer, wine, sodas, water, nachos, hot dogs, what they serve in Aviva Stadium. I'm very curious. Um, yeah. And, and we don't need so to compare hot- Hot dogs and um, hot dogs and, and beer. Use I think it's kind of Budweiser and and Carlsberg. Maybe I'm not exactly sure of the beers okay. and Guinness. But uh, actually, last year at the Northwestern Nebraska game, the something happened with the cards machines, so the beer was free for like three quarters of the game. Whoa! So oh. I don't think that'll in this year. Bank but, uh, error in your favor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Note to self, Notre Dame fans. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they've figured that out. They're like, we've really got to like up up the price with these Notre Dame people. (laughs) They're oh, they're going to be. It's going to be expensive anyway. As I say, like it's it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah, Dublin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. um, So 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 you're anticipating a win. You're anticipating a victory. (laughs) Are you driving home on on that Saturday, or are you gonna drive home on Sunday? I'll drive home on Sunday morning. I have to be back kind of early on Sunday. No, we'll wait. Um, the game is on, you know, it's kicking off at 7.30. Uh, That's right. Uh, it is a night game for you guys. So, yeah, so it'll be um, it'll be quite late. So, no, we'll, we'll go back to the, we'll go back, have a few drinks somewhere, and then go back to the hotel. All right, fantastic. Well, I, if anyone's on, listening to the show, I imagine if you hit up at Stevie D Irish on the Twitter, give him a, give him a ring, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll throw this out here. You know, he's a pretty approachable guy. He agreed to be the co-host tonight. I imagine he'd love to meet up with the Irish faithful. If you just say, Hey, I heard you on the show. Da, 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 da. Um, you know, that's fantastic. Let's, let's bring people together. Let's build this sucker <laughs> and, uh, let's bring Notre Dame fans together across, across continents. It's a fantastic. I'm, I'm so flipping excited. We finally get to watch Notre Dame play again. Um, I'm super pumped. Uh, I can't believe it's happening, but it's happening. Count down the days. Tell your employer, tell your spouse, whatever you got to do, um, it's happening. Um, I've already talked to the doc. You know, I'm already like scoping out the beer scene. You know, my 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 quote unquote routines are you know bottled beer and nachos during the game. Um, I don't know if they sell nachos in Ireland. Um, you know, that's kind of more of a, a, a Hispanic thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you can get you can get them all right, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if they do it at the stadium. I would say not, probably. <laughs> Maybe there's a specialty restaurant. Who knows? Yeah, or yeah. some street vendor. Or, all or, right, or, or believe cinemas. It's a big thing in cinemas: nachos and cheese. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that that yeah. sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> good. Real quick, what kind of snacks are available at the stadium in Ireland? Just out of at, at the stadium, you'd have like um. So they do hot dogs anyway. They do. I generally I don't tend to buy them uh, because they're so ridiculously priced. But um, hot dogs. Well, they are here too. You you'd get um <laughs> you know chocolate bars and and uh, potato chips and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember. Like like when when I was living in the UK, like we went we went to a. It was it was the Champions uh, League. It was um, it was Derby oh, yeah. County. We went to a, we went nice. to a, we went to a soccer soccer game for you football, um, and we were like you know we're in England. We need to go to an, a legit 
game, right? And Darby County was halfway decent, right? Um, and they won the won the match, which was great. But what was weird is like, 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 like the security was way better at the game than what anything I've ever experienced here in the states, you know. And we don't have to go into that whole piece, but um, like we were kind of walking around the stadium, and and like there were all these food vendors, and I don't know if we got a burger or a dog or something out, outside the stadium. And then you like walk through this little turnstile, and then you were like isolated to your little section. And then, like, you would get, like, a dog or a beer, but you'd have to, like, eat it under the stadium. You couldn't carry it up into the grandstands? Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it, could, it, could be, it could be the same in, um, in, the, in the Aviva Stadium as well in Dublin. I'm pretty sure you can't bring it in. Officially, you can't bring it in either. Um, but come to, I don't think you can, but come to think of it, I think people were bringing beers in last year. So. Well, and maybe that's a function of like the passionate, you know, fans of, of soccer and, and this, that and the other, yeah. you know, because and, and like, don't get me wrong. Like I lived in, in Derby, right. You know, the the um, the the Derby between Derby County and, you know, Nottingham Forest was absolutely okay. fierce, you know. And, and yeah, so yeah. You, you hear yeah. all these crazy stories. And so so clearly these security protocols are, are responses to those sorts of you know environments of of just absolute chaos in the stands where you have like double sections that are completely empty just full of security guards to keeping yeah. the fans at bay so they don't throw hot dogs at each other you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah yeah it's but... um it's not as bad in ireland we have our i don't know if you've ever seen it our gaelic football and our hurling yep and like final day for that would be there's a, another stadium in Ireland. It's Krog Park, and okay. that's uh, eighty three thousand um, capacity, and uh, the fans would be totally mixed together in that. Like you know, you could be sitting down against your 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 rival county, like and it's, it's always almost always uh, very respectful and stuff. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if those are the stadium protocols of uh, Aviva Stadium, you know, you know, what happens is what happens. You know, I mean, this is, yeah. you know, hey, you're in another country. Those are the rules. You know, hey, it is what it is. Um, but no, I mean, <laughs> so we got Celtic, Celtic chant going on right now. You know, um. I think some of these little particulars about the stadium will be very interesting as we uh, as we hear from the Irish faithful. Anyone who's ever who's going, let me say this: if anyone is actually going to the game, if anyone uh, would like to chime in, other than CVD Irish, we will do a post game show. Um, Doc's already talked to me about that; she's she's on board. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll get the mics fired up after the game, Stevie. If you're you're out there to socialize and you're meeting people, it's no big deal. If anyone else is going to the game or people watching on the states or across across the world, uh, we'll we're excited to watch our Irish and uh, you know we'll we'll talk about the game post game. We will have post game shows. Will we go the full two plus hours like we did tonight? We don't know, um, but no, we're we're excited. The Irish are coming. Yep, and there's a trophy And and I I can't imagine how excited you are, Mr. Stevie D. Irish. Uh, and not waste. You you literally have waited years for uh <laughs> yeah. eleven years since that time. Hopefully <laughs> to... 
beers I get this open. You know, trust me. Hey, I will say this, man. If I ever won the lottery, I'd I'd give you a call. Oh. <laughs> I fly you over you first class and be like, my brother, <laughs> you need to come over. Let's go. <laughs> Listen to you talk about winning the lottery. You're like Ben Shapiro. Your wife is a doctor. Yeah, but she she's on sabbatical, right? We've got she's got a kid in the womb, and we've got a toddler at home, right? You know, like whatever. <laughs> All right, Notre Dame is returning, and the game will be on NBC for everyone watching in the states. So hopefully, we don't have Tom Hammond, uh, but most likely we will have uh, Jack Collinsworth and company taking care of us. I love Tom. How yeah, dare you the name of Tom M- mixed feelings about about Tom Hammond here, but <laughs> he's better than Doug Flutie. So. I, you're, yeah, you're, he definitely Doug Flutie, that's for sure. I will not argue with that one hundred percent. All right, Stevie Irish, any final thoughts? Any ad- words of advice for anyone coming to Ireland? Anything we should look out for, or uh, if, you, if 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 anyone going and have a bit of time. Guinness tour, the, um, that's that's really worth a, a trip. You get to pull your own pint of Guinness, and it's right from the warehouse, so it's that's well worth a trip. And in general, just soak up the atmosphere. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, Stevie, look, we are so honored and happy that you have stayed up super super late. Hope your workday does not suck too bad tomorrow. Really th- appreciate you taking the sacrifice to stay up late. Join the podcast live from the Republic of Ireland, Stevie D. Irish, on Twitter. Everyone give this man a follow. If you're following me and you're not following this man, seriously, rethink your life. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Stevie, thank you very much. Anyone from Coach Parstigi and Kevin Davis to Jason to... Adam Dowling, all of the above. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We are so excited. Volume 92, Season 4, Episode 6 of the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, part of the Dos Leprechauns Media Universe. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, We are excited. We get to see our Irish. And uh, if you're in Ireland, hit up my co-host, my brother, in the blue and gold, Stevie D. Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish and beat midshipmen. And we'll finish off with the normal, normal theme. Throws the ball. It is caught. Reggie Brooks. Reggie Brooks got it for a two-pointer. And Notre Dame is out in front. 17-16. It's caught by Samaza inside the 20, inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Dawson throws open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Somehow, the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35. Goodbye, baby. At the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Five, five, rocket touchdown, Irish. Tyree, whoa. Can he get there, Tyree, the 30, 20. Zibikowski looking for a block. 
Cuts to the right to the 40. Gets a block. Gets to the 45. 50. Up to the 45. 40. 30. One man to beat. 20. 15. 10. He's down to the 5. Touchdown, Irish. 